Shalom Aleichem, this is Rabbi Kovacs, and our Limud in Mishnayami continues for Shabbat Mishpatim, Rosh Hodesh, Adar Aleph. It's the first Adar, the second one will be even better. We are beginning today, chapter 11 in Ketuvot, Almana Nizonit Menichze Yatomin. A widow may be supported, may be fed, and clothed from the property of orphans. Now, this applies when the husband has passed away and the widow is still living in the household. You recall back in chapter 4, the very end of, of chapter 4, we said that it was a condition that the court put on every marriage, even if it wasn't written into the kasuva, that after the husband passes away, as long as the widow is not trying to get remarried and doesn't want to move back to her, her parents' house, her family home, she could stay in the husband's home you know, where she was living when he was still alive and be supported by his estate in the matter that she was supported before. So here the Yasomim, the orphans, the heirs of her late husband have inherited the property of the late husband and she can take that property for her food and clothing, her support. And and the um, Mishnah continues, Ma shalahen, And what she earns belongs to them. So this is sort of a similar situation to the husband when he was alive was obligated to feed and clothe and shelter his wife. And when she was spinning threads and fixing clothing and earning some money on the side, that would go to the husband. So the same situation exists by his heirs. But they don't have to pay for her burial expense. Now these heirs we're talking about are heirs of the husband, but not of her. Now your sheha, her actual heirs, the heirs of the wife, her own descendants, Yorshek Tvata, when they are inheriting her ketuva, Hayavin Bikvata. They are the ones who actually need to go to the expense and the trouble to bury her when the widow also passes on. And the Mishnah here is precise. They have to bury her when they are heirs to her property and the uh, and the dowry and also to the ketuva. Because there were cases like a Shomeret Yavam, she's waiting for Yibam where the ketuvah would actually go to the heirs of the husband, but the dowry and her property would go to her own heirs, her own family side. So if if they're not inheriting the ketuvah, they wouldn't be obligated to bury her. The heirs of the husband or his brothers would be obligated to pay for the burial. It's gone to Mishnah Bet. Almana, a widow, bainmin eruz and bainmin anasuin, whether she became a widow, God forbid, during the first stage of marriage after getting the ring, or after the second stage, after Chupa, Nisuin, Mocherit Shalo Bevetin. She can sell property of the estate, you know, for her food and clothing, as we explained, without consulting the court for permission. Now the Bartner points out she can't she doesn't have to go to court, but she does have to get three guys together who know about prices so she doesn't get ripped off. We want to make sure she gets a fair deal if she's selling fields of the estate that she's not being taken advantage of. Rabbi Shimon, though, Rabbi Shimon adds, If she was fully married after a chuppah, she could sell property even without the court involved. After the first stage of marriage, only she would have to get the court's authority before she does this. Because during erusin, she's not entitled to be fed and clothed by the husband. And any time where the woman is not being fed, by the husband, lo timkor elibavetin. She cannot sell his properties after he passes away to collect her food, her food 
uh, without Besdin, because here she, she's not entitled to sell property to collect food, only to collect her ketuva. She does get a ketuva after Erison, but not mizonot, not food. So since she's selling property just to collect her ketuva, not for an ongoing support a relationship, then she needs to consult court and go to court. Now, it's interesting, in Mishpatim, one of the first mitzvot, shockingly, in Mishpatim, is about Jewish servitude. A Jew who's a servant to another Jew, and included in this is a young girl who her family is so incredibly destitute, they have to sell the rights to her labor to a wealthy family. There are some rabbis who suggest that maybe only the Jewish people, having just experienced slavery and servitude in Egypt, would be sensitive enough to have other human beings working for them in this context without it being dehumanizing or abusive. Anyway, by, by the Amma Ivria, the young Jewish servant girl, it's really, you can see in the psukim that the intention was that someone in the wealthier family would actually marry her. And the amazing thing is we learn out the core obligations of the ketuva. The ketuva is learned out from Amma Ivria in Exodus chapter 21, verse 10. Talking about if the young man has married this uh, poor girl, if he then marries another wife, he cannot reduce her she'er ksut v'ona, her food, clothing, and affection and attention. He can't reduce those. She's entitled to just as much the benefits of marriage as a girl from a wealthy family. So something something to think about this Shabbat uh, when you're when you're learning mishpatim is that we learn the whole concept of ketuva, the obligations of a Jewish marriage, the respect and responsibility a husband must have towards his wife. We actually learn that amazingly from the Amma Ivriya. Yeshar Kohachem, Shabbat Shalom, Good Shabbos.